This podcast is for the woman who thinks she cannot change, the one who feels lost and can't seem to find her way, or longs to walk confidently and find the grace to finally forgive herself. If you've tried it all, given up a thousand times, or wrestle with what you've done and who you've become, you're in the right place. If you've ever searched, how can I ever forgive myself on the internet? Take a listen to The Grace Frontier. As one who's walked this path before, I love to connect with women to inspire them to walk in wholeness and live in victory. Hi, I'm Amy Elaine Martinez, and you're listening to The Grace Frontier Podcast. I'm a self-proclaimed grace slinger and victory girl, and I'll be your truth-telling trail guide on these episodes, helping you to sift through the lies and teaching you how to journey with Jesus, travel light as you unpack the baggage of your past hurt, shame, and regret, identify your pioneer spirit and defining moments that mark you for eternity, and learn to forge your way to newfound freedom, a deeper faith, and self-forgiveness. Each week, you'll hear how you can make lasting change in your life. In these short episodes, we'll talk about enjoying the wildlife, finding the wonder, and most importantly, finding your way through to the other side of your desert wilderness seasons. Girl, you're not lost because X marks your spot. Grace paves the way and victory is your destiny. It's time to get out of your comfort zone and on to the Grace Frontier. Hey friends, welcome to the Grace Frontier. I'm your host, Amy Elaine Martinez. I'm so glad you found your way back to the Grace Frontier today. We've covered a lot of ground the past few weeks, and last week we looked at becoming a change maker. We defined both sin and grace and discovered there's no need for grace if there isn't any sin. We even touched on the concept of generational sin, the sin that keeps repeating itself in our lives and in our families over the years, the ones we can't seem to shake without some serious help from God. We talked about being a living sacrifice like Romans 12, 1 through 2 refers to and how grace sets us apart to live for God. This week, we're going to look a little deeper into Romans 12, 2, the part that goes on to say, do not be conformed to the world any longer, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, and then you will be able to prove what is the good, perfect, and pleasing will of God in your life. That's the, I memorized it a very long time ago in vacation Bible school as a young girl version. That verse stuck. It also haunted me when I was actively conforming to the ways of this wicked world, when I was wandering and lost and miserable in my sin. I knew better, but did it anyway, because I didn't know how to stop myself. I didn't know how to quit. Y'all, I'm not afraid to talk about sin or my particular sins because I know what it's like to be in bondage, backed into a corner, shackled against my will, and yet unsure how to break free. And I also know what it's like to be set free, to experience breakthrough and break the cycles of sin that threaten to take me out. The enemy definitely held me for ransom, making me pay with shame and regret. But then I heard victory calling my name and finally said yes to Jesus. 
It was a long haul, and the authentic and lasting change did not come overnight. It took years of laying down my will for his before I saw any real forward motion. Not because it wasn't available to me. I was simply really stuck in my ways. Each step forward followed with 10 steps back into the pit of sin I was trying to escape. Until one day when I'd had enough of myself along with everyone else around me. And thankfully, in a moment of surrender that looked a whole lot more like desperation, I gave up. I quit. I finally came to the place where I knew I couldn't, but that Jesus in me could. So after years of repetitive sin cycles and good-hearted effort, I let God have reign in my life. Yes, as ridiculous as it sounds, I gave God permission to be God in my life. I mean, he was already God. I just finally acknowledged it and gave myself over to the lordship of Jesus, a totally different kind of bondage than I was used to. No longer bound by sin, I was free to serve Christ, to be devoted to his ways and not my own. Finally, with God as my change agent, I had become a change maker like we talked about last week. But then something even more radical happened. In the process of becoming a change maker, I grew up. Yes, I had grown. My want-tos had changed, and I was ready for even more change. While I don't think it's ever wise to think we're beyond a particular sin, I do believe that when Holy Spirit transforms our hearts, we can be confident of the changes we've made. Never arrogant, but fully confident of Christ in us. So let's take a look at the lives of a few of our new friends that we've made here on the Grace Frontier this week. I want to show you how grace lines up with the sin that inevitably crept back into their lives. Even after what they had, what many would call a life-changing encounter with him, they still failed. They still went back to sin. We're going to look back, not like Lot's wife did with longing in her heart for what she left behind. Nope, we're going to look back in remembrance of where we've come from and how far we've come on the grace frontier. When we look back to learn from instead of long for, we can get a glimpse of what the Holy Spirit has done in our lives and how we've changed, just how far we've come. Here's a list of our friends and the lessons we can learn from their mistakes. Let's start with Eve. There is always an aftermath. The residual ripples of the consequences of our sin stay with us. Unfortunately, we have to walk through and live out the consequences of our sin, where we reside and abide, live, work, and play. But being aware of the aftermath and the ripple effect is the beginning of lasting change. It's in the aftermath where I believe that grace is needed just as much and sometimes even more than our initial encounter with God's amazing grace. And Hagar, there will always be people who won't or don't or simply can't believe in the change you've made. The people you think will celebrate you and be your biggest cheerleaders often won't. Later, Sarai banishes Hagar and her son from Abraham's life, and she finds herself abandoned and alone 
in the wilderness yet again. Hagar calls out to God in the midst of her pain and finds his powerful presence brings the provision she needs as she looks to him for the plan and purpose for her life. May we be willing to humble ourselves under the one who has authority over us. God sees, he knows, even when others refuse to see, blinded by their own sin. God sees and he knows our hearts have changed. Lot's daughters show us that after we've taken things into our own hands, we get to choose to stay the same or begin again with God. While we know nothing of their lives, the evidence of later generations continuing to worship false gods and live in a rebellion to the one true God show us how powerful the culture we live in really is. Being set apart means not living like everyone else around us, but choosing God's ways over the world's. And finally, Rebecca's story reveals that just one encounter isn't enough. The intimacy we learned about doesn't happen all at once. We may have an encounter with the Lord where we lock eyes and fall in love, but what about staying in love? What happens when the everydayness of life eclipses our moments of encounter? No, we're not looking for just one encounter. We're looking for daily engagement with God. Beyond the emotional high, may we seek and find Jesus in the mundane, inviting him into every area of our lives. Instead of just entertaining the idea of our next big encounter with him, let's live our lives in the present moment where his quiet presence is enough to sustain us in the in-between places, because the in-between will come. There are highs and lows to our journey. Our faith journey won't always be on the mountaintop, but sometimes in the valley where we get a different perspective. Like Lot's daughters, we may have a limited point of view and only live in a place of lack with half-truths. But you know what? We've been given everything we need to live a godly life. And God's not after perfection anyway, but he does want to purify us in the process of being in his presence. What I want you to see is that none of these women led a perfect life, and we can learn from their stories. I'm going to read a scripture about how we need continued grace upon grace. James 4, 5 through 8 says, Does the scripture mean nothing to you that says the spirit that God breathed into our hearts is a jealous lover who intensely desires to have more and more of us? But he continues to pour out more and more grace upon us. For it says, God resists you when you are proud, but continually pours out grace when you are humble. So then, surrender to God, stand up to the devil and resist him, and he will flee in agony. Move your heart closer and closer to God, and he will come even closer to you. But make sure you cleanse your life, you sinners, and keep your heart pure and stop doubting. This just shows us that while we have grace upon grace in our lives, there's still a work to be done. This past weekend, my granddaughter was over to play. She's two. She loves being outside, and she loves playing in the dirt. We are preparing our land to plant some sod because it's basically just a bunch of red dirt right now. And when I say we, I really mean my husband. 
because he's doing all the work, not me. He's been trying to get all the rocks out of the red dirt. So when we plant the grass, it will take deep root and grow up green and lush and beautiful. While we were playing, David disappeared for a bit and came back after what felt like a really long time with a DIY sifter he had made for baby Ray so she could help with this process. You see, it was too hard for her to discern the good stuff from the unwanted stuff. So he made her a tool to do the hard work of sifting through the rocks and the dirt. He made the hard work fun. It made me think, that's what grace does for us. As we look back with grace at our lives and those who have come before us, we can begin to sift through the gritty, grimy, hard things to get to the good stuff we want to keep, to plant our lives in that good soil and grow something beautiful. When we're in the long days of a dry wilderness season, we need to remember that God has given us the tools we need and wants us to have a little fun too. Remember the wilderness isn't the wasteland the enemy wants you to think it is. It's filled with wonders, laughter, and good things too. We can learn to play in the presence of God because he's not looking for perfection anyway. But like Psalm 51 reminds us, he's looking for heart-shattered lives ready for his love. Where we feel broken in a million pieces, he is ready to shake things up. So let the sifting begin. As we look back to the little things that we may have missed along the way, where lasting change happens, let's take some time for reflection. Let's learn to sift through the past hurt, regret, shame, and sin, to find the root cause, rip it out, and let the healing begin. Though we're made uncomfortable in this process, there is a refining that happens here. And you know what? It's the good stuff that remains. This is where the SIFT method that I've been talking about helps us to let the shaking happen in our lives, where our past hurt, shame, and regret give way to the refining process where God takes the rubble of our lives and sifts us to reveal the good stuff, the stuff worth keeping, the stuff of eternal value. Yes, we need a saving grace to change us, but later we need a sustaining grace to hold us up and carry us through. As I've said in previous episodes, this happens in the hard places where God shows up and brings the holy. In these difficult days, after we've encountered the love of God, the mercy of our Father, grace may begin to feel like it's waning, like it's not enough. But it is, because even when the emotional high has passed, God is still present. The set-apart life is more than just one encounter with God. It's hundreds, days upon days of grace upon grace that lead to a lifetime of lasting change. On the days when we're still choosing to follow his lead instead of going our own way, God doesn't abandon us. No. Remember Paul's encouraging message from last week to us from 2 Corinthians 12, 9? Grace is sufficient. It's enough. In our weakest moments, grace is our superpower because we can call on the holy within us to rise up and break the sin cycles, to give us the grit to stay in the fight, to be resolved to choose God over the thing that is calling our name or rearing its ugly head. 
The phone call, the text, the bottle, the pill, the easy way out, the way it's always been, the before everything changed. This is the sustaining grace we need to face the aftermath of sin in this world. The residual effects of an encounter with God and our time spent in the wilderness are what makes initial change become lasting change. Where we say, this stops in me. Because before we can become a cycle breaker, we must become a change maker, like we talked about last week. Saving grace makes us a change maker. In order to become a cycle breaker, we need the sustaining grace that Holy Spirit continuously pours out into our lives and hearts. Our key verse this week, Romans 12, 2, gives us the how-to for taking hold of the sustaining grace needed to move beyond making changes to breaking the cycles of sin. We're building off last week's look at verse 1, where we talked about being a living sacrifice. I love the message version of verse 2 that says, embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit in without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God you'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. This is what it means to be a cycle breaker. Cycle breakers have matured in Christ. They've spent their time in the trenches, fought the good fight, developed the discernment needed to see the enemy's next move in order to be ready when they're triggered with whatever that thing is that keeps repeating itself, that generational sin we talked about. A cycle breaker has become proficient in the art of war. She knows the enemy's tactics, calls him out as soon as she hears the lie, and stands her ground to keep her territory and protect herself and her loved ones. Last week, I said, where sin abounds, grace lingers. Why? Because sin leaves a residue on our hearts and those around us. We need grace to abound all the more. Grace is the purifying agent by which we are made clean, refreshed, and strengthened to not only make the necessary changes in our lives, but break the cycles of generational sin that marred our path in childhood, and followed us into adulthood. In last week's episode, I also said, grace is the grit that gears us up for growth and guides us through. Through the wilderness of unworthiness and unforgiveness, through the day-in, day-out cycles of sin that threaten to take us out and bring us down, yes, grace guides us through to the other side, where we realize our strength is Holy Spirit in us, making us more than conquerors and change makers, but also cycle breakers who will no longer conform to this world, no longer bow down to sin, but who are renewing their minds day by day so we can stand up and stand strong against the enemy the obstacles, the difficulties of our day. Our defining moment this week is when we no longer bow down to sin, but stand up to the enemy. And our grace marker is leaning into the sifting process with God.
where grace gives us the grit we need to withstand the shaking in our lives, to reveal the refiner's gold, where we are marked for eternity by becoming not only a change maker, but a cycle breaker too, where a limited point of view causes us to live out the lifestyle of lack, faithless and fearful, When we live our lives as a living sacrifice, placing our lives on the altar as an offering, his purifying fire burns up what's not of him and leaves us with the most beautiful legacy to leave as we become cycle breakers, forging the way to freedom and deeper faith for those who come behind us. Are you ready to learn some more about the sifting process? Because that's where we're going next week. The S in sift stands for four, step out. Here's my question for you this week. What one thing can you take away from today's episode where we looked back to learn from instead of long for the sin that so easily entangles us? Where in your life can you take one step out of your comfort zone to become a cycle breaker? I'd love to hear from you. Send me a message on Instagram or email this week and let me know how you're stepping out on the grace frontier. Until next time, happy trails, sweet friend. Thanks for hanging out with me on the grace frontier today. What did you think of that episode, friend? I pray it met you exactly where you needed it to. If you'd like to come and spend some time with me online, you can find the links in the show notes to do just that. My handle on Instagram and Facebook is at Amy Elaine Writes. Or you can check out my website at amyelaine.com. Before you go, could you take a second to see if God would have you pass this episode on to a loved one or a friend? Take a pause and see if he places a face or a name on your heart. If someone comes to mind, text or DM them a link to this episode so that they can learn and grow and find freedom and healing through the words God gave me for this particular episode. And if today's message from the Grace Frontier touched you, it would be the nicest gift ever if you could take a moment to write a heartfelt review on Apple or wherever you listen to the podcast. It helps to encourage others to check out this show for themselves. Until next time, remember that the wilderness isn't a wasteland like the enemy wants you to believe, but it's exactly where God wants you to be because X marks the spot where grace finds you and me.